Hi, it's Booty, and you're listening to Seven Questions. Seven Questions is where I ask world leaders and people I find fascinating seven questions. Today, I have the honor of having Jackson Howard. Jackson is a writer and editor from Los Angeles, California. His criticism, essays, and reporting have appeared in Pitchfork, ID, The Fader, Them, L, W Magazine, and elsewhere. He works in the editorial department at the book publisher, FSG, where he recently acquired his first novel as an editor. Jackson currently lives in BK. Jackson, I'm so honored to have you here with me today. Are you excited about seven questions? I'm ready. Let's go. Do you know what you're up, up, up for here? <laughs> I don't think so, but, you know, I stay ready. So. All right. I love that. Yeah. Thank you, Laquan. Shout out to Laquan, uh, one of the most innovative fashion designers out there for nominating uh, Mr. Howard. Um, really excited about sitting down with him and, and having him play seven questions. Um, so as you know, seven questions where you pick seven questions from a box and you answer them. It's pretty straightforward. Oh, I picked them. You picked them. Yeah. Okay. So, you picked them. so it's my favorite. So you can pick them and read them or you can pick them and I can read them. Which one would you prefer? I'm going to pick them and have you read them. Okay, cool. All right. We're starting. All right. Let's get it. Question one. Question one, who would you like to meet that you haven't yet and why? Love that question. Man, there's so many people. Um, one of them could be listening. Can they be dead? Um, preferably alive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The first person that comes to mind for me is Erica Badu. Love um, Erica Badu. Her music has gotten me through a lot of low moments as mm. I'm sure it has for a lot of people and as much of a music fan as I am I was never one of those people who really derived meaning and personal inspiration from music I was always just kind of a hip-hop head mm. and would like bop along and know all the facts but I was never really an emotional music listener until I encountered her um, I was actually on a trip in India for three months and got really sick and all the music I had was Badu, especially her live album. And just knowing that she got her start a little bit later, like mm -hmm. in her late 20s, yeah. and the fact that she didn't rush it, and for better or for worse, to this day, still keeps it real. Um, yeah. I really admire her. You know, I come from a pretty bizarre family of divorces and remarriages and step-siblings, and mm. she has also put forth a, a pretty incredible modern example of that. So, in many ways, fashion, music, sexiness, family matriarch, uh, I would love to hang out with Badu. All right, if anyone's listening who has a connection, <laughs> She's uh, busy. contact me. I'll, I'll set it up for you, Jackson. Appreciate There's always it. a way. There's always a way. <laughs> Thank you. Question two. Question number two. What makes you feel most alive today? It used to be DJing house ah, parties. Cool. Uh, since I was a teenager, I used to DJ house parties. But I don't really do that anymore. Um, <laughs> I, it's just exhausting, and mm -hmm. I don't really have all my equipment. But I would say the thing that makes me most alive today, two things. One 
I would say when I see a piece of writing that I've published come out into the world and knowing all the struggle and excitement and work that went into it Mm -hmm. and seeing people take it just at face value, um, it means a lot, especially when I do personal writing and I do a fair amount of that. And the other thing, just being outside, Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up in LA, I grew up by the water, I grew up hiking and New York is quite suffocating. So I spend as much time as I can in the parks and I try to get out of the city and I have these moments when I do escape New York that I feel in touch with a side of myself that is usually hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, reading and publishing what I, what I work my ass off on and just getting to shut everybody up and go outside. I love that, thanks for sharing. Question two, done. Question three. How are you doing so far? I'm good. I'm trying. Right. Showing your reaction. You're not yeah. nervous? All Easy. right. You're in the game? <laughs> Question three. What's your motivation to succeed? Damn. <laughs> oh, man. Spoke too soon. <laughs> Oof. What's motivating you? It's funny. I mean, I've always been a crazy self-motivator. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I've been a perfectionist my whole life. Uh, I've always tended to look at the negative side of that. At least that's my first reaction, and I've tried to see it in a more positive light. Um, everything that motivates me is is pretty internal. I mean, I have really supportive parents, and they never really had to crack down on me because I was always going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just honoring honoring the time I put into things and honoring the things I write about are important to me. Um, I never half-ass anything, and I don't care if that's writing copy for a book or interviewing somebody. It just I just can't. So I just want to be proud of my work, and I want to I want to make sure that everything, at least writing-wise, that I write is the best thing I write. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm only 24, so I, I'm I'm not really thinking like I want to leave a legacy, or I, that's not really how I'm I'm doing it. Um, mostly, I just I just want to put my head down and like run as fast as I can and when I look up to be able to look back and be like I went very far (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um, I wish I had a more specific thing to say but I never want to be disappointed with myself Mm -hmm. and while I while I I do come down on myself very hard um, I tend not to be too disappointed with myself Uh, I get mad at myself but I never feel like I didn't give my all to something and that's, I think, the one thing that motivates me. I that, love that. And, and my mom, probably a little bit. <laughs> I just see her face. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, moms I see are her great. Face. Moms are great. If you're lucky to have a mom who motivates you, absolutely. Or uh, any parent uh, figure, I think uh, that is, for many people who are listening, might agree something that continues to uh, push them forward. Absolutely. To, uh, for success in whatever it is they're right. trying to do. Right. Well, yeah. I mean. Both my parents are, are creative people. There you go. And, uh, you know, like they split up and they have, but they've always been close with each other and mm-hmm. they've always been really supportive of me. And my mom taught me just how to grind and hustle. Yeah. My dad, who's a musician, you know, I talked to him about my writer's block and we talk about getting frustrated and they, they get what I'm going through and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they both kill it. So in a way, I never feel the pressure to live up to them. I just feel... Um, it's almost like a slight nudge to just stay focused and, and they get what I'm going through. So I, luckily, I have parents who 
have given me some leeway in terms of like figuring out what I'm doing. Because mm. uh, I know people with, with parents who aren't maybe creative or, yeah. or more conservative uh, have a higher hill to climb, but um, I'm lucky that they see what I'm trying to do. It's amazing. Shout out to mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I love that. All right, that was question three. Question four, Jackson. What are you most grateful for? Hmm. Man, I'm so I'm grateful for so much. Um, back to my parents. I'm very grateful for my parents for supporting me. Um, Great way to loop them back in. Uh, yeah, they're back. But, <laughs> I love it. You know, I mean, with everything for pain for school yeah. to creative support, but also as a as like a queer guy, it's it's very difficult just mm. growing up in general but having parents who are cool with it my brother's gay also okay. and I'm grateful for him and the fact that he and I are able to support each other uh, it took a long time and I think because both of us mostly me were trying to figure out how to be comfortable in our own skins mm. and now we are and it's great and so like I said before my family there's everybody's divorced and remarried and there's yeah. half siblings and step siblings but everybody chills and supports each other, and I just could not be more thankful for that. Um, that's number one. Number two is, is I mean, again, kind of corny, but it's my health, yeah. and there's been moments where I've been really sick, and yeah, you just are so screwed if you don't have it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and you know, as again, as a gay man being aware of my body, and mm. like, our lifestyle is different, you know, yeah. and so, uh, being on my own in, in New York and, and not having parents around and being out clubbing or mm -hmm. being with, you know, in different relationships or having different partners. It's just, uh, my health is something I, I, I really try to have on my mind. Uh, I drink too much coffee probably. And I, you know, probably drink a little bit too much on the weekends, but I am very conscious of that. And then I would say three, the third thing is I'm just happy that I'm really grateful that I, love <laughs> that I, I have things I really love in my life I love mm. music and I love literature and those two things the fact that I love those two things plus a bunch of other factors have just made my life a lot easier mm. um, because I'm doing those two things right now granted a lot of people opened a lot of doors for me and I'm really grateful for that but I always knew I was gonna do something with music and I always knew I was gonna do something with writing just because those are the two things I've been obsessed with my whole life. And I have a lot of, you know, people in my life who are still figuring out those things. Yeah. And for some people, it comes later. My mom is in her early 50s and yeah. is probably at the peak of her professional life right now. Mm -hmm. So by no means do I think I've, I've reached that peak. But um, it's at times when things aren't going well or where I am kind of lost, I know I can kind of scale things back and know the, the things that I love. Uh, and I'm confident in those things. That's cool, man. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Sure. That's question four, guys. More than halfway Flying through. through yes. Thank you. Efficient. <laughs> question five. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, this is a little, like, juicier. I tell all my secrets to everybody. Oh, so man. You're, 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 been missing out so oh, far. Oh, this might be juicy. Let's hear it. If you were an animal, 
which one would you want to be? See, you know what? <laughs> That's something I do think about quite often. You have? Yeah, somebody sent me like a a birthday animal relation thing recently. And I got seagull, which I hate. Yeah. Because I grew up in L.A. and seagulls are mean. Yeah. And they take the food out of <laughs> your fingers. And they're aggressive. So I'm definitely not a seagull. Okay. I think... If I had to be an animal, I think I'd be in the water somewhere. I watch a lot of David Attenborough shows, you know, the British dude, like, the dolphin dives yeah. in the water, like, like that. Yeah. So I think he's probably influenced me. I'm not into birds. Okay. I think they're kind of nasty. So I would say, I think, a, a, I think dolphins are great. Yeah. I would also love to be, um, I think otters are fantastic because mm. um, I think they're really cute and... They have families, but they're also kind of fierce. Like yeah. they like have gorge exteriors, and they're mean a little bit. Yeah. They, 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 they'll show the teeth. Um, so yeah, a, a water, a water animal. Okay. I, I'd say otter, and I don't mean that in a gay way. All my gay friends who are listening are <laughs> probably laughing, but uh, an otter or a dolphin. Okay, very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think whenever I hear someone answer that question, if they choose it, it's always cool. For us as humans to think you know, about what from an animal that's not like us we would be most be like right right and that, <laughs> i don't think it's a i think it's an impossible it's not, yeah it is it is it totally is but i like i like hearing how people answer um thank you question six if you gave me more time for that i would have had like an existential crisis on oh. which animal <laughs> meant what to me so it's good you cut it off What's the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Oof. Question six. What's the lesson that's taking you the longest to learn so far? Um, self-acceptance, absolutely. Um, I think that started just in terms of, you know, being queer and, and coming out and, uh, you can have the most liberal, open, chill family in the world and still hate yourself and still think that these, you know, immovable parts of you are things that can, in fact, be moved when um, it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. So embracing myself as, as, as a queer guy uh, was a major hurdle for me. It didn't happen early, and it did not happen seamlessly. Uh, my brother's younger than me, and he came out earlier, and he came out just like, just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had his own he had his own difficulties with it too. But for me, it was this prolonged thing because I was just going off of what people expected me to be. You know, I have a ton of straight guy friends, and I love sports, and so I didn't want to lose that identity. Mm-hmm. And you know, my mom was wanting me to have kids, and I didn't want to lose that identity. And um, but man, you know, I see, I see people from high school now or even from college and so many times they remark like, wow, you just seem to be operating on like a 100% level for the first time because I think I, I was just always so tentative. And that's also applied to my job because I'm, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I'm a very outgoing person. Um, I'm like talking shit and busting people's balls. And I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm very... Uh, I can be in your face maybe and 
I still get insecure about that, especially when I get into new environments and people are more quiet or more reserved mm-hmm. and I get embarrassed and um, for just being myself and my mom's had to really help me work through that because it's at least from for me it's hard being like a gay hip-hop writer book editor like those are three identities that maybe overlap one or two but do not overlap as all three and every time I I break out I break out of people's expectations and mm-hmm. just write whatever the hell I want to write or act however I want to uh, act mm-hmm. uh, it just it, it's always the best results so it's not something I have handled and in the last two years since moving here so many things have been thrown my way that I've had to really trust myself on and just trust that whatever I've been working on and practicing in myself is going to carry me mm-hmm. and ultimately like so far it has um, I was in my first relationship uh, with another guy uh, for almost a year mm-hmm. healthy one and it was just even that like being able to hold hands with somebody in public you know uh, and not thinking how it was going to be detrimental to me just little things all the way to being myself in the halls of this office in a very quiet reserved culture of, of book publishing mm-hmm. um, every time I, I go with my gut it seems to work so uh, that has been an ongoing thing and, and that goes down to how I how I talk to myself too and how I treat myself and um, I catch myself yelling at myself and mm-hmm. being angry and I always just have to take a second and reframe it and that is a constant constant battle um, that is ongoing so I don't look at self-acceptance as a final, completable thing. Um, It's just something that I can practice every day and that in our world is very difficult when there's so many eyes on you at any given time, but Mm -hmm. it is the key to my survival, I think. Well, from my perspective, it seems like you're doing a great job. (laughs) See, that means, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. But no, I completely <laughs> understand. I think uh, sometimes you can, we, we all have our battles within that no one else sees uh, unless we express it. So Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's really sure. hard. And I've had everything, you know, provided to me. Yeah. Like I've grown up incredibly privileged and I have had so much given to me. Mm. And still, yeah. it's just you know, not having imposter syndrome and knowing that we are important and, and that you're capable of doing stuff and it's, it's a real battle. So um, I'm lucky that I have friends that I can, I can complain like this too and yeah. they prop me up. That's and amazing, yeah. That is, that is the biggest thing, so. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, sorry if that was a little no, rambling. that's amazing. But, uh, <laughs> I love it. No, there's no such thing as rambling on seven questions. All right, good. Are you ready for your last question? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, question seven, guys. So you guys know we have this cool box that we shake up. Yeah, it's fierce. It's like pink <laughs> with some flowers. It's cute as hell. Very summery. Question seven. Ooh, you asked for it and you're getting it. Oh, really? There goes the universe. There goes God. What do you want to be remembered for? Man, I definitely didn't want this question. <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for? You're like, I'm only 24. You've got a long way to go. At the end of your career... What would you like to be remembered for? 
I mean, it's it's hard as a person who works, I guess, in entertainment or in the arts to really, in my opinion, strive for like everlasting reputation and memory. Because honestly, I, I value the hell out of what I do, but it's not as important as, you know, like service work. I mean, it's not on an altruistic level. You, you could argue, yeah, it is great to be publishing, you know, incredible books and to be writing about art. And I, I do, I believe in my work. I, I don't know that, like the answer to this is like, I want to be the best hip hop critic, you know, who ever lived. Like, but didn't you just share earlier about Erica Baidu and how she got you through some things? She did. And imagine. Absolutely. Art. So just think about. And I do. And that's, that again, that's totally self-deprecating. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is on a micro level in terms of my day-to-day stuff, like I, I don't think it's that I'll edit a book that'll change the world or I'll work with an artist who will. I mean, maybe, but that's not what I'm, I'm going for. I, it's, I, I just want to lead my life in the right way. And I don't know what that way is, but okay. my parents, as so different as they are in terms of age and their divorce and all this stuff, both of them are, are the center point of their respective families. Like everything in, on both sides of their families operates around them. And without them, Nobody would see each other, nobody would hang out, and I think people would be struggling more. And those are the moments I see my parents who are wildly accomplished and just grind 24-7. Those are the moments I see them happiest. And, you know, I have a grandpa, my mom's dad, who's 89, and he was a terrible father. Um, Just not good. And now he's grandpa, so he's all sweet and happy, but he's just... You know, he lives in Nevada with my with his new wife, and he, you know he sees us like twice a year, and we do it out of obligation. And I love him, but he's not. It 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 comes back, you know. Like my uncles and my mom, they feel conflicted sometimes about bringing him around. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I I, I see how much love comes back to you when you try your best and 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 you give your all to people, and so. I just I want to be that for my family. I want to be a, uh, a touchstone for my family. And if the work I do inspires people, then that's great too. And I, I will say, as just a little coda here, I you know I never really expect my my music writing to reach people on a personal level. And sometimes it does, and I get messages. But the stuff I've been writing about being a queer man. Um, which is writing I haven't done before the last year and a half actually has reached people in a crazy way and um, I wrote an essay about me and my brother um, about both of us coming out and stuff Mm -hmm. and when I tell you I could not do my job that day because I got 50 or 60 texts, phone calls, emails Um, you know people have come up to me strangers in public who know my work and have said something you know kind of ran away and I get DMs from strangers and that is unlike anything I've done before and that is incredible so I know this is a, a long-winded answer but I would say you know like I said I see my parents as these kind of tent poles in their families and I want to be that and that's something I want to leave behind I don't want to end up like my like my grandpa in Nevada I want to be surrounded by my people mm. and you know I 
maybe coming to terms with the fact that I can inspire people through my writing has to do with me becoming more confident as a writer. And so as I've grown up and as I've become more confident, maybe I think I've reluctantly started to accept that things I write have the power to, to reach people. And, you know, nobody helped me come out. Like, it was all me. And I am somebody who asks for advice and who asks for help all the time. And this was not that. And the fact that I can share those stories and that they're helping people in, in ways, uh, man, it's like a crazy feeling. And that's an awesome thing. And, um, you know, I didn't grow up getting to watch, like, queer dudes on, on camera, you know? Or even mm -hmm. if we did, they were straight. And I, I just, I never thought there was anybody like me. Um, and then I grew up and I realized there's a lot of people like me in a great way. And that means there's other people like me who don't see that yet. Um, but if they can see some of my experience and, and their experience, that's, that's a very cool thing. So I don't know if that's a legacy, but that's, that's something that I'm trying to contribute. Wow. Jackson. <laughs> Howard, thank you so much for playing. Yeah, thank Seven you. Questions. This has been great. I feel um, I don't I don't have to go to therapy this week. No, <laughs> I love that. Oh man, no, that was incredible, man. Thank you for being open. Thank you for being honest. Absolutely. Um, as I've mentioned earlier, at the end of Seven Questions, uh, I ask all of my guests to nominate someone, mm. uh, preferably someone not related to you, sure, um, or not on your team. <laughs> um, anyone comes to mind? Yeah, I was. I, I tried not to think about it, but uh, I just hung out with him on Friday. Um, I have a friend named Adam Eli Werner, who is an incredible activist and writer, and uh, he's one of the few people my age who are not only quote unquote politically active, but actually have dedicated their life to it and have wow. seen change from it. And um, the dude is just a force. And uh, I love the hell out of him, and he's very inspiring to me, and I think he'd be great. Cool. Well, so Adam, I'll, I'll be reaching out. I'll put you on touch. Cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, well, listeners, thank you so much. This is Booty. Uh, this is Jackson as well. He's just played seven questions. Thank you guys for subscribing. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, and comment. Please share. You've been listening to seven questions. Over and out.